All right, hello everyone and welcome to yet another League podcast. This time we are here for a champion release, the new champion, Camille. Uh, you guys have probably seen her. She's probably out by now by the time this podcast is out. And I am lucky enough to be joined by uh, three of the individuals who contributed a significant amount to her creation. We have the uh, game designer on the project, Jeevan Sidhu, Riot Jag. What's up, man? Uh, hey. Yeah, there you go. We we have we have Hing Chewy, concept artist, also known as H Dot. Hing, how are you feeling? Feeling good. All right. And and then we have Ariel Lawrence. You get that correctly. Also known as Thermal Kitten, who did the fantastic job coming up with her story, a couple of her lines, and then probably anything that's valuable in the kit. How how do you feel? Well, I won't take credit for all of that. Yeah, I know. It's okay. <laughs> I will give you credit for all of that and then make them fight for it. So so, uh, so Camille is, uh, wh what is she, Jeevan? T to give, give me the overview of the character. What, is she a fighter, uh, a, a, a diver? Right, so Camille is a, uh, is, a, is a fighter. We call her a diver in our current subclass definition. Or uh, you could call her a tanky assassin. You can call her a skirmisher, a slayer. She kind of crosses a lot of lines. Um, <laughs> she, she, seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. She's the, le the, the Leeson, you know, mage, monk, everything meme. Yeah. Um, she's me meant to be a top laner, um, and she is meant to be a very serious threat to anyone who is mobile. Right. So, um, so, so, uh, Ariel, tell me, how did you come to be on this project, and, and what was your kind of perspective on this? Well, on Champ Team, uh, Champ New Champ development uses the DNA process, so mm -hmm. that's made up of a core group of people: a, a designer, a concept artist, and a narrative writer. So I'm DNA. Uh, oh DNA. my god! Uh, it's so cute. It is. It keeps us from forgetting it. Uh, so I am Camille's like principal writer, and okay. I wrote her VO and her backstory and and uh, the short story that'll probably be out by by the time this goes out as well. Um, so I basically kind of sit and ask a questions about who this person is based on her kit, and that helps inform art, which helps inform kit, which helps inform narrative, and we work in this kind of trifecta, um, constantly, you know, asking what if and could we do this and what happens when we do this uh, for the course of like nine-ish to twelve-ish months until we have a new champion. So okay, and and so hang to pull you in a little bit here before we kind of begin because I, I want to start from the beginning and I want to get to where we're at today. Uh, um, how did we get to blade legs, hang? Because I think <laughs> I, I will say the visual design for this character is so cool. Uh, I'm I'm like really really into it. But uh, there was a time when I believe she did not have blade legs. And then yeah. I saw her model walking around in game, and I was like, "Is she on stilts or whatever?" She was like, "No, it's bla it'll make sense when the animations in. You'll see it." So how 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 did you how, how did you come up with that? Uh, well, originally the premise was that it was going to be some kind of uh, spy cyborg type, um, like something from the Avengers with like a you know the classic British charm and everything. Like she had like an umbrella, and like we were putting like a bowler hat on her. Oh, I remember. Uh, and for a bunch of reasons, it didn't work. Like we tried it and didn't really work very well. Uh, but one of the things that we kept with it was that uh, this idea of like these like kicking legs and everything. Uh, Nick Matthews, who was our animator, uh, proposed a lot of this sort of like kicking combat, like based on like a lot of like fighting games you see. And so like part of the original concept was that uh, she had these legs that would that were literally like cyborg legs. They would like break apart. You would see like the machinery underneath that would glow they would emit energy and like whenever she kicked it would like displace like a ton of energy like outwards um in our game typically we have to exaggerate things just so that they stand out really well like uh 
we have kicking champions like in our game at the moment. Uh, Lee Sin's yeah. like a notable one, especially the like the Muay Thai Lee Sin. Exactly, right, where he's, he's got a lot more kicking. At yeah. Him, yeah, but for uh, for the proportions of his character like inside the game, it actually doesn't show up super well. Like I was actually, I always saw like Lee Sin's alt, but I actually it was surprised to me when I realized he was actually kicking the entire time. Uh, like it just doesn't show up super well. It's like on the bottom of the character. Mm. So with uh, Camille, we were looking at we wanted to retain this idea of like these mechanical legs, these energy legs. And then we were also trying to like, look at like, well, how do we exaggerate it? How we like put a leak spin on it? How do we push it further? And so from that, we did a couple designs and we started gradually moving towards this idea of like, oh, well, let's just do blade legs. That's cool. That's yeah. fucking so, dope. So I'm gonna start us, I'm, I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna start us off with an anecdote uh, here. I was at, I believe a holiday party uh, hosted hosted by Jeevan uh, and his, and right, his uh, yes. amazing uh, significant other. Uh, and you know we're there and we're drunk because of course we are. Uh, and Jeevan had just kind of told a bunch of people that um, that he was leaving uh, li live gameplay to go. This, this is your right. first champion, right? Yep. That's the. I mean, some of you guys may know uh, he he was he was on Patch Rundown back with me when we did that all the time. Uh, you know, made the terrible runic echoes, made the second terrible runic echoes. Or no, uh, no, I made no, Rune Glaive. Rune Glaive, my yeah, bad. Yeah. I'm even getting the name wrong. Right. And uh, then, you and know, then, and, and, and Quo made it good. Yeah, yeah. Quo made it good. Ended up working on Rift Herald as well. Right. You know, a lot of a lot of projects during that time. Marksman enthusiast, uh, Jeevan. <laughs> and uh, and he's kind of like, all right. I know what I'm gonna make. And I was like, oh yeah, hit me. He's like, hook shots. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna fly around the map with hook shots. And I was yeah. like, all right, buddy. One day, maybe you'll be the person to make the hook shot character because <laughs> we've talked about this character for so long, mm -hmm. right? It's you know, this up there with like, are we gonna set brush on fire? What are we gonna do? This is like an age old ability. So, so how did you get? To where you are with that, yeah. From that moment, <laughs> so it's it's uh, in, so when when I uh, started on Champ Team, which was about a year ago, I wanted to move to Champ Team, and they said, "Hey, what we want you to do? We want you to make a diver." And I was like, "Cool, I like playing divers. Actually, like I like yeah. playing like Aurelia. I like playing Vi and stuff like that." We're both scumbag Rengar players. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, pl I play my Rango every now and then, and um, and I thought about like, what is it that makes these champions really, really awesome and signature? And it was almost always how they moved, right? Like this, the coolest thing about Jarvan is flag and drag, right? The coolest thing about Vi is how she like raises up and knocks someone up and stuff like that, right? So. Uh, to me, I was like, well, what's like a new type of way to move for a melee character that will feel signature and unique and different? And um, the hookshot idea was placed around a lot. I actually had a version, the, the first version I had was a lot more like uh, crazy. It was a lot more like Spider-Man. I think we actually might have a, a gif of this up by the time it goes <laughs> up. But she would like shoot a, a hook into a wall and swing around it like a circle. Yeah, and then you could like recast it. And then, yeah, and you could like do it this. to the next mm -hmm. wall. So you could like basically Tarzan through the entire river. That was really cool, but it had nothing good for gameplay yeah. except making her impossible to game. I, 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 I <laughs> want to just interject here and say that this is I, I. You played is, that version. Yeah, I think. it is my fault that I have not played the new Camille. Jeevan's my homie. I'm gonna play the mm -hmm. hell out of this character when it comes out. But I did play that version, and so for for the people at home who are kind of thinking of the like, oh, okay, kind of radial, like you attach to a thing, you you circle, you recast it. I went from my fountain mm -hmm. to the Baron Pit. Uh huh. <laughs> 
just on hook shotting. <laughs> yeah. And it was sick. It did feel like Spider-Man, yeah. right? The kind of like web from one direction and then do the other. And then, but that took like five seconds. And I was like, oh, would you, we can't do this, man. Right. What the hell is this? And I stuck with that one a really long time. I tried to make all these ways to work. And then uh, that I was in some room. I, I mean, we, we, we had a lot of help from a lot of other designers who were really good at this stuff. Like uh, Scruffy, Mark Yetter, or uh, August Browning helped out a lot, right? Riot. August now, yeah, right, or, yeah, um, whatever he is, and a few. Uh, there was a lot of ideas of like, hey, we tried this spell with this wall, and it just became obvious at a certain point that when you come off a wall, if you can just come off it even harder, that works really well, right? And that was basically, you know, when I put that in in the first playtest, I'm like, okay, she jumped to the wall, she smashed off of it, that guy went flying. Yep, I have my spell, right? Yeah, and then you kind of found the one that works. Yeah, and then a lot of what at that point, a lot of what was cool about her was kind of informed with that in many ways. They were like, oh, like, source of power is her with, like, her legs jumping off walls and stuff like that. So, like, let's look at ways to bring out the power in her legs for a variety of reasons, right? And then, so you can see that at the end, the final product on the kid. Yeah, so, so you know, people ask a question a lot uh, that doesn't really have a straight answer, which is, you know, oh, like, well, who starts first, you know? You know, because we always talk about the DNA pod or we talk mm-hmm. about all the different ways. Um, and, and from my perspective, you know, you know it, it's always different. You know, it's sometimes they come together perfectly at the at the beginning. Sometimes one one kicks it off. Sometimes we know uh, this one felt to me like it was very much a kit driven thing, right? You know, Jeevan Jeevan is a pretty straightforward guy. He's like, we're making hook shots. Uh, it's gonna kill the eighty carry. And so, uh, so so Ariel, tell me, how, what is it like working under that kind of constraint, where where you have you have ability, or do you even prefer it, right? Like where you have a ton of abilities, but you don't even know who this character is yet. I, I think it's a little bit of, of both, right? Uh, so when Jeevan and when we the space kind of first opened up and Blue Pod, which is the pod that we worked on, Camille had kind of wrapped up um, Talia and was moving on to the next character. Uh, Jeevan's like in a whispering voice. He brought uh, Hang and I into a room and he's like, "I want to make um, a vigilante." And I was like, "Okay, all right, sounds cool. Let's do it." So I think that when I had a we, specific vigilante, he had mind. a specific yeah. vigilante in mind that uh, in terms of drawing inspiration, I was okay. like, "All right, I, we can parse this, uh, right?" I I need it to look like me. Uh, I need it to, but what? like, what? but like a cooler beard and a cape. So, if it, we can do so that. but I mean, like, I did coming... do it like an Indian Iron Man at one point. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I hope you kept that. That's 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 for Jeevan. That's eventually. There you go. But I think really having that little bit of a gem, and then taking in what the kit is, and saying, all right, well, if we look at a, a vigilante or somebody who's maybe outside the law, what does that inform narratively from the kit, and working from it from that perspective? Um, because I mean, ultimately, if the game's not fun, if the game plays you just you don't want to play it then nobody's going to get to know the character anyway so it really has to come from that space of this is a fun thing to engage in the mechanics are fun and then from that we're like well what kind of person has these abilities what kind of person moves like this what kind of person kills like this and i mean especially in camille's development as it became much clearer um how good she could be at killing, I believe. Uh, her her title for a long time was just murdering murderer. Um, uh, so uh, we were very Sounds tempted like my kind to of put champion. that in. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in for the murdering murderer. But I think that that and then that really uh, reflected back in the art when we started talking about it and and coming back to kind of this darker look. Where would this person live? Where could we explore the space that we've never really done that before? Which is kind of how we you know backed into Piltover and a bunch of other aspects of her. Just asking these questions. Like, here's this kit. Here are the fun things that we can do with it. What is that person then? How do we go from there? And it's just a conversation, a really long conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be clear, like uh, the the kit 
really like it started with one spell. Honestly, it was like here's the hook shot, and then then I had nothing for like months after that, right? <laughs> and we all like very nicely fed off each other, right? Of like, oh, what would be cool to like make the like what, like what we said earlier, right? Like very much, you know, design inspires art, which inspires narrative, which inspires, you know, it's all like it all worked together very nicely to grow something yeah. we all really liked. Yeah, I had a couple of concepts based off the uh, idea of like hookshot, which Steven pitched me. Uh, like I remember like there was a concept that I did where it was like, because it's supposed to be like a diver who used the hookshot and diver yeah. was like somebody who was like tanky. So I was like, okay, well, I drew like this guy who had like, who was basically, who could like turn into like a big armadillo ball and it had like spikes everywhere and he had like armor. <laughs> and cool. then he had like a belt that like shot out like a hookshot. And so the idea is like he would shot out, shoot out a hookshot, hit a wall and then just like turn into a wrecking ball and just like go careening around the map. Yeah. Was that um, the actual train guy, or was that a different? That was another one. one. No, this yeah. is the train Look, guy was different. This yeah. is not to throw shade on any of the artists in the Champ Team. Champ Team has some brilliant minds, but having Hing do concept for your champion, I think, is a very special power because uh, literally, I don't think you guys have been listening for the last little bit, but we just talked about an armadillo hook shot <laughs> and a guy who is apparently a literal train. He's literally a train. Um, yes. And so these, yeah, I fucking love love that stuff. So I also had a guy on a top who just spun. <laughs> that was really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. You know, I think you would be really good at designing Mega Man bosses. You're like, yeah. it's Top Man and Train Man and everything. So so Hing, you know, we're talking about kind of, you know, feeding off of one another and stuff. When, when did you really start to feel engaged and you were like oh god I really am starting to have the ideas flow or are you just like naturally a genius like how does it work <laughs> no where, where, where did it come from from the team for you uh, I think it came around like the time when we started uh, when we started kind of trying to reduce the concepts down because I I tend to just kind of spitball like a ton of different ideas and they tend to be very you don't weird say <laughs> yeah <laughs> spitballing weird ideas yeah, like train idea armadillo like idea yeah and then we kind of go through the list and we're just like okay well this is too stupid we can't do that <laughs> um and we eventually arrived at the idea of like oh well, like what about this kind of like cyborg spy who flies around the map and uh is basically batman like picks yeah. up a bunch of clues and yeah. and kills people <laughs> And leaves their bodies everywhere. Clue minigame? Where, right? Yeah. Where's, where's the clue minigame? So, Jeevan, uh, why vigilante, right? Why, 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 mm -hmm. what attracted to you this archetype that you had to pull two grown professionals into a room and whisper it at them? So, I mean, <laughs> where did you? I. <laughs> no, come on. Let's go. Where is it? Where's the vigilante? He's like, well, I've always wanted to be a. British cyborg woman. So and that's, I mean, which is hey, dude. So I, you know, I first of all, anyway. I am an unabashed nerd. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I when I moved to Champ Team, I just uh, I was first time at Ariel, and I, I had met Hing before, but like not not you know a huge amount. So we were just kind of getting to know each other, and like. It basically got shared that like Batman is awesome and we all have this opinion, more or less. <laughs> Someone that was, brought yeah. it up, I right. don't know who. Well, well, yeah, but I, I read a lot of I mean like that was my comic growing up. Yeah. So yeah. that so this was an easy conversation. Okay, okay. So I was like, like, okay, I'm in. Right yeah. from the start that we were like kinda connected on that one. It's like, yeah, you know who's cool is Batman, right? Yeah. Um I mean I don't know. I, Vigilante actually one of the, one of the things here was that it, it, there was a different design reason I had. One of the very first diver um pitches I had was like He's like the revenge diver, where like if you attack his teammates, he could like suddenly teleport behind you and murder you. I remember you. that. It, it yeah. was like it was like a shield that if if 
they broke it, yeah. you got a free dash or teleport right. to that yeah. ally. And so mm-hmm. it would kind of be like, again, it was like a different type of vigilante where it's like, hey, like I'll punish you for preying upon the weak and that sort of stuff. So that, I thought that would be like an actual gameplay idea. As it turns out, that idea was really bad. Um, <laughs> and I like tried very lightly and I'm like, no, this is actually this is, isn't interesting. It was, but, yeah. but, it was an interesting idea and I kept asking Jeevan like, well, what are the other abilities? Like, what else What else yeah. do I do yeah. with this kit? And he's like, like oh, I'm working oh, on you, it. You kill, you kill people. <laughs> right. You're like a tanky guy and you, you kill people. Yeah. Yeah, but like, the shield though. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. But that's like, that's like, that's the core problem of like a diver too. Is like, what is a diver? It's like, wow, it's a dude who jumps in the middle of your team from right. anywhere and tanks all of you and kills one of you. <laughs> well, like, I mean, well. It, it is right because if you think about like divers in our game, you know, like like we'll say like you know, Rangar, Jarvan, Vi all all have diver qualities somewhere, primary or not. And it's like, what do you remember about Jarvan? Like you said, flag and drag into the dunk, right? What yeah. do you care about Vi getting like flash cued, like impact, like a yeah. truck, and then dunked, right? It's like, do you even remember they have other abilities? It's like, did you know Jarvan's E is its own ability that you don't, you, right. you know, it's like, he has a shield, I guess. It's like, yeah, it is weird, right? Because you think so much about that moment of kind of the kill or the moment that you engage that it's kind of hard to figure out the rest of it. Right, right yeah. Um, so uh, I, I do want to get into the story, though, because I, uh, I like many other people, uh, you know, just very recently read the comic that came out today. Uh, at the at the time of this recording, and it is first off, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. What, is that Jason Chan? That is Jason Chan. Jason Chan, my yeah. dude. Yeah. I, I super quick. Uh, if for any of you out there who play a lot of Magic: The Gathering, Jason Chan did some of the most iconic pieces of art uh, from there. And when I heard. Uh, that he was coming here, I was like, "Can we send him back? Magic art's not gonna be cool anymore." <laughs> and then the moment he started working on his first splash, I was like, "Never mind, we have to keep him for literally ever." Yeah, I, we're, I not, love we're not giving him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's super awesome. But that so so Ariel, tell me a little bit about the story that's depicted in there, right? Because I I, I got confused a little bit, and maybe that's intended, right? You know, some people are like, "Oh, is she?" Is she mean? Like, is she <laughs> keeping her? It's, you know, well, yes, I think I think is she mean? Yes, right. But it's like. She shows what uh, some could see as compassion and some could see as indifference or some, you know, there's a lot of ways to kind of parse the ending, right? So tell me tell me about that story. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this started when we started to get the cyborg things popping up and uh, I pitched and I was like, she should be like an MI6 Mary Poppins. Like, I, I liked that British <laughs> better than you, like, just, like, perfect repost kind of uh, snarkiness um, for somebody, especially, like, as they're murdering you. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I, I was very insistent, probably very insistent in a lot of meetings that she should still retain that element of humanity. Like even if she's just cold hearted and, and, and impersonal to everybody on the inside, she's really questioning like how much person is left. Um, You know, here's somebody who is augmented severely parts of her body. She has a hex tech heart. She has these grapple spindled hips. She has blade legs. Uh, She's got, crazy eyes like Does she all have this... permits for all of these by uh, the way is I, it, I mean does, like this is you know does the... someone in Piltover have a registry of like all of her weapon specs like no, someone... they ask her yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and if she denies them that's the end of the conversation yeah. that's I see I see but I think having that question as to like have I gone too far like how much of my work overtakes my humanity what am I willing to give up like these are all really 
interesting human questions. And honestly, if you're still asking, am I human? You, you probably are. Um, yeah. So I think that for me, that was always the really interesting question. Here's this person who kills kind of for a living, um, who operates outside the law, who takes care of these really dark problems within Piltover and Zahn. I mean, like I, I think a lot of the foundational material has started to kind of go out with universe and percolate. Um, but really showing the symbiosis of those two cities and that they are dependent on the machine working together. And she is somebody who who keeps that machine going. And I mean, like Piltover and Zahn, that relationship is almost mimicked in Camille. It's this like dark and light and it has to stay in balance. And I think that was the thing when we were exploring the the big mechanical hips uh, and and the power about them breaking apart. I was like, I was like, no, I, I, like go back to the blade legs, blade legs, blade legs, because <laughs> because for this is somebody who literally lives their life on a knife's edge. Like they are in balance. Damn. They are they are. They are, layers yeah, right now. Yeah, layers, <laughs> super layers. Uh, but I, I think that for me, you know, she should be questionable when you look at her. She should come off as, as cold and dark. But on the inside, she deals with a lot of shit. So I think that's, for me, like... um. Uh, Phil Vargas and Dan Norton and Jason Chan worked on the promo for the the Camille comic and stuff and I that was after a lot of conversation with Phil and he really I think he really understood the character and then um, you know I wrote a short story that actually picks up from that uh, that will go out um, and hopefully give a little bit more insight to the kind of decisions that have gone on in her past and how she kind of feels about Piltover and herself and a whole bunch of other stuff. Maybe humanizing her a little bit, maybe uh, in other people's eyes. We, we originally had her uh, a little more evil, too, I think, like a, a while back, where we were kind of like cool with making her more of like a pure psychopath. And then and then Jin came out. It's like, ah, well, you know, do we, do yeah, we want that, two that, psychopaths? Too, right, yeah. But like, I think the way we kind of explored the character and got to know her better, like I think Ariel took her into a more like... I don't want to say sympathetic direction, but a more like understandable one at least, where you're like, I really don't want to meet her in an alley, but she probably isn't doing this because she's just like some like murderer that enjoys it, right? She's like a much more complicated character than I think even Jin or you know. There's a lot of motivations behind what she's doing. Even Did if you hear awful. that Jin team? Yeah, <laughs> more complicated than Jin. That's the tagline. We'll name well, the podcast that. That'll me... be Camille. More complicated than Jin. I should re-record that part. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. We're, I'm teasing. This is no, besides. I think the Ivern Pod talks shit about y'all anyway. So, mm-hmm. so see that. That's why you gotta listen to the casts. Uh, so we're talking a lot about the balance and kind of the dark and light and, and everything. Hing, you know, I. I you are very expressive. That is, that is. I think, I think when it comes to your art, I think that is a guaranteed. I, I, I love walking over and seeing the stuff that you're cooking up, and I feel like there is actually, and I could be super wrong, that mm-hmm. Camille's final product is actually a bit restrained, right? Like, there's a lot of, you know, there is, there's the wide hips, there's the blade legs, but there is kind of a finesse to it that it feels like when I see this character, everything is kind of intended, everything is kind of finally in its own place, like. How long did it take you to kind of like zero in on a lot of that stuff? I know you sit next to Evan, who also, you know, uh, works on the splash arts for the champions. You guys usually have a pretty tight relationship when talking about it like that. But, you know, I know, you know, I hear armadillo legs. I hear a train guy. Right. And then I see the kind of like beautiful, like very stylized, neat Camille that is right there. And, And like, you know. What is what came from these two sitting around you that really was like that's when we got to like hone in on on what the final product is? Uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely had to get all the the stupid ideas out first. Um, 
See, don't don't just tell me that it's, the train idea is stupid because I love they're not, it. They're not stupid ideas. They're just ideas for another time. Okay, they yeah. They, they weren't the ideas for right now. Yeah, train yeah. night is a is an idea for. <laughs> it'll for come, it'll have it, it'll have its time. It'll. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. All right, yeah. <laughs> it, makes, it makes more actually, sense. It makes more sense. But he started like he had like an almost transformer thing, right? Where he basically turned into the the lead <laughs> engine car, you know, with his right, armor. As much as I wanted to be, <laughs> this is not the train night podcast. All right, all right. But so, so you're saying you had to Starlight filter Express. through a lot of those, but but like. You know, even looking through some of your work on champions that we will not yet talk about, you know, there are a ton of variations on, on, on you know, you're like, oh, I'll give him this kind of blade or that kind of blade or whatever. And, and, and as someone who uh, is a, a self-proclaimed art caveman, you know, like that's that's what I want to know is it's like when when do you feel like it's good enough or when do you feel like you've you were landing on it and you're really getting where you want it to be? Yeah, a lot of that comes down to uh, talking with the team and talking with other artists and just seeing like basically... Like, for me, I'll, I'll come up with a bunch of ideas and I'll come up uh, with a bunch of concepts where I'm like, well, I think this is kind of hitting it in this side or this is hitting in this. But ultimately, you don't really know until you show it to somebody else and you see if they like get excited about it and geek out. Because uh, you could just be like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And then you show it to somebody and they're just like, nope, I don't, don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. And so at that point, you have to kind of, uh, you got to like retool it. You got to like dig into like why it's working or why it isn't. Uh, Camille honestly was pretty tricky. Uh, there were like a lot of, there were a lot of elements to it that were like very fine tuned and, um, were fairly subtle that we had to kind of like dance around and how to kind of, uh, have a lot of conversations about like how it'll work and like how we would execute on it and like what the feeling was. Uh, so it, it did take a while. It took like, um... Yeah, I'm not even. I don't even. I don't even actually entirely know. My entire life, yeah. <laughs> Camille, I've been waiting for. Yeah. So, uh, Ariel, I want to. I want to. I just want to ask some questions because I'm really excited about the character. <laughs> but also, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little confused, right? You know, and and it's the good confused. It's where I want to learn more about the thing, right? You know, it's it's a. I think I started with a very different view of the character than where she may have ended up. I think I think it's it's interesting because it's like it's like a dartboard of vigilante, badass, cyborg women, and, and then you have to eventually hone it down to just just kind of that bullseye. But uh, Jeevan, I think, had a really you know, your first ultimate um, was was called. We, we can get into some of her old abilities eventually because they are very cool. Her first ultimate was called something like uh, like uh, I don't deal with henchmen. Right. It would, which which very much, I think, was the, that was like, that shaped my understanding of what her personality would be like. Is like, please step aside. The adults are talking. I, you know, either you're going to tell me who you work for or I'm going to beat it out of you. Oh, that's still very much in her personality. So, so who does she work for? Oh, well, so Camille, or what ideals do, do she work with? So Camille is, uh, her bio will be live by this point. So Camille is part of, um, Piltover. Uh, I guess Piltover rule is kind of ruled or kind of run by a bunch of families or clans that are very wealthy. So kind of think more like medieval or I'm sorry, Renaissance, like Florence or something like, like oligarchy that. style. Yeah, stuff. like the Medici's or something like yeah. that. And so her family. Uh, so it's 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 each family within Piltover, each one of these clans is run by like the head of the clan and usually a sibling that is what I made up as the principal intelligencer. It's like you're kind of the dark agent, you know, the sworn like shield uh, and sword of, of the family. And she is that person for her family. So she works 
only for her family, but to make sure that like the order of Piltover and Zahn, that relationship is preserved. Um, so she, the, you know, that may have her negotiating with chem barons, that may have her, you know, stealing technology from another family. It's basically to keep her family uh, wealthy and, and in power. Uh, so so She's not like hired out, to right? Other yeah, people. yeah. But there's so there's a little there's a little bit of a Cersei kind of in her thing, which is the like I will do literally anything for my own people, yeah, my own family. Yeah, I think that like that's the kind of where the short story went is like um, the exploration of kind of like a duty and family and what does that mean uh, to like work and life. I was gonna say I think she's closer to Jamie than Cersei actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, in, I in think in terms of character, I think right? yeah, kind of. Kind of yeah. And the, the, metal, the, hand, the middle, yeah, 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 right, different yeah. limb. Yeah. So, so was she willingly operated on? How, yes. how did how did that end up happening? Absolutely. So I think that uh, so that'll go into her bio, but. Um, uh, there was a point in time where she was completely human and uh, she failed t- at a job and it affected her very personally, her family, um, and her father died as a result. Um, and because of that, she decided she needed uh, a hex tech augmentation, which started with her heart. Uh, and, you know, after after that, it's like one thing led to another where she was like, I, I willingly give up my legs. I get the grapple spindled hips. Like all the augmentations kind of fell in line after that. Uh, I don't know if I want to like, should I? I don't want to tell all the story of like. No, the, I the mean short I, story. I'm, I'm <laughs> in. You know, and this this is the oh, thing yeah. where we're like, uh, you know, and and maybe this is all in your story, right? Mm-hmm. But 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 I, I want to kind of want to talk about and explore some elements that are outside of that story because when I hear this, I think this is you know I, I had talked to Jeevan at length about you know some ideas that that I had had in the past or or just that this is really rich ground because. You know, Zon for so long was just bad science town, mm-hmm. and Piltover was good science town, and that was it, right? It's it's Jason Victor, you know. It's oh, like absolutely looking right. at Piltover is like, what is somebody who's cut from a darker cloth in Piltover? What does that look like? Right. This, that was definitely a big thing, just because, I mean, if you have power, you want to keep power uh, in that situation. So it it was painting uh, Piltover with a different brush. Yeah, I I I my my last. My last fanboy story question, at least for this little bit, is, is uh, you know, you have a character who, moral gray, keeps augmenting their body, so to speak. How does a character like Victor interact with this person, or, or how do they deal with each other? Oh, because... I'm sure Victor has got the hots for Camille. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'm just saying it feels like kind of a, a, a violation in some ways of, of what, you know, many of us over the years have been taught to believe of Piltover, right? You know, the whole progress at any cost isn't really their thing, and yet here here's someone a little more in the shadows saying, but but secretly there is that that going on, right? Is it is 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 Camille sort of... Uh, a thing that people in Piltover try to forget about or, 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 you know, how does the rest of society see her? I think once you've like accumulated that much power or, or seen in that kind of light, or you're just that deadly, I, I think that you, it's not that you get ignored, but that is, uh, you don't really tangle with that if not necessary. Mm. Um, so I think that, you know, all the other families within Piltover would have somebody like Camille. She, they probably wouldn't be as augmented. They certainly wouldn't have Hextech like Camille. I think that was one of the things that we wanted to explore, too. I mean, every all of our Piltover champions can carry Hextech. And, yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing about Hextech is it's the democratization of magic. Like, it's this 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 Hextech crystal, this, this uh, crystal that's imbued with magical properties is now put into a weapon that anybody can pick up and use. It's not just for a mage or, or you have to be born with a power. For But we wanted to kind of make that special. And Camille, 
is a Hextech weapon. She doesn't carry a Hextech weapon. And yeah. I, I think just taking that a step further. So I, I think most people... I mean, like she walks around the streets with blade legs. I, I think we're trying to expand. Yeah, you probably don't point at the person with blade legs, right? You, I, you probably right. don't stare too long. But I think that uh, we're also expanding the idea of, of what Piltover and Zon look like. And I think augmentation in terms of something that is better than what I started with is an ideal for both of those cultures. Just Zon takes a much more utilitarian approach versus uh, Piltover, which may have a more ornate or beautiful or uh, just... Um, uh, higher quality as opposed to just achieving a function um, yeah. than than Zon would. Right, and and I think like if you look at Victor, I mean he he's kind of a mess, right? He's like a hodgepodge of of, of augments that are coming out of his shoulders. And if you look at Camille, she's like a walking work of art, right? And yeah, she is rich. She has something that almost no one can compete with, right? And and there's a there's a a major difference there in what she has access to versus she, the rest She's of like the assassin version of a sports car. Right? Yeah. Is, is, she's a, fra- is, a Ferrari assassin. Yeah. yeah. With bl- a bladed Ferrari. I, I probably. think the interesting thing is then, you know, the closest analog would be uh, maybe maybe Vi's the pickup truck of Piltover or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, right? like, yeah. Like, I, I'd like to see how they would uh, think of each other in a conversation. Yeah. Like that, right? So yeah. I remember you had your earlier story. You had. Uh, Vi actually come up to like Camille and they talked a little bit. Yeah, I, like, I mean, I, I want to see that. Where is that? I think that's definitely a conversation that could happen. I, I think that Camille's basically like the cautionary tale for Vi. I mean, Vi can still take the gloves off. Camille's legs, blade legs, do not come off. Um, yeah. So I think this is maybe if they, they would never hear each other if they actually had a conversation because I think Vi has a, a very uh, different view of Camille's class and Camille has a very different view of Vi's class. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but Camille actually is a lesson to Vi about when you go too far. And I think for Camille, the thing she probably fears the most is actually becoming somebody like Oriana, who is completely 100 uh, percent, you know, hex tech creation and a tool. And I think for that, you know, her fear is becoming somebody else's tool, losing her autonomy and being under the control of someone else. So I think that's really for somebody who insists on control and who insists on order. It speaks to the thing that you fear the most. And she fears being under somebody else's control um you know becoming fully machine is not something she's interested in doing yeah i i i kind of want to talk a little bit right now about some of that gameplay because i think you have done uh you know i i I think the kit's pretty cool i don't don't, i'm not gonna be like this is the most revolutionary kit of all time but but there is something here that i think is very unique uh, as an approach you took that i kind of want you to speak to which is uh Camille is rude as hell in game. Camille is, you know, I feel like there, there, there is a section of our player base who's like, oh, they're gonna take away all my, my point clicks. They're gonna give me all skill shots. Everything's gonna be counterplay. And Camille cracks her knuckles and is gonna do some bad shit to some good people. Like, mm-hmm. like the character is is uh, can come off a little oppressive, and that I know is very much intended on your part. And so I want to know, like. What is it even like to to make a character in in kind of you know the modern era of League of Legends who's meant to at maximum power kind of do some degenerate stuff? Um, right. So I think th- it's interesting to me. Uh, different designers have different values in what they want to make. Um, and for example, a lot of designers value uh, uniqueness or thematics or mechanics or or, or whatever. To me, uh, I wanted to give a, a callback to. A section of players that loved League of Legends and wanted more of a lot of what they loved, right? So, like for example, I was an Aurelia player, 
And we didn't make a character that, to me, appealed to that type of person who's like, you know what, uh, I'm going to build a damage item and I'm going to jump into your face and I'm going to murder the crap out of you and you're going to be like, wow, that sucked, right? <laughs> that was the experience I was always going for. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's it, like, and that's, that's I think, right. why this is such an interesting topic. This is, uh, we talked with uh, Soul Kim right. about York being a split pusher, right? It's like, split pushing is not fun, right? right? But, so the effort here, though, that was, was particularly difficult for me for a long time was, like, we had to make a melee character that wasn't quite as uh, reliable as Aurelia, let's say, mm -hmm. right? We wanted a character where it felt like there's a lot of gameplay to what was happening and that when she did defeat you, there was almost always something that you should have been more mindful of, like your positioning or her timing. So, for example... Almost all of her spells have an element of telegraphing to them. And to, to me, that was like a deliberate decision based on the character. Like, she's a very confident person. She can toy with her food because she knows she's that much better than you, right? And so Camille's cue, for example, is basically um, a taunt, right? It's like, I'm going to punch you. And then in 1.5 seconds, I'm going to punch you again really hard. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it, right? Yeah. But there's gameplay there because your team can, like, try to repair themselves and hopefully defend your your, your AD carry and stuff like that. Yeah, or, or um, even, like, in lane, I think, you know, you and I have talked a long time about uh, how, do, you know, how do you make melee combat interesting, right? right? I think uh, we were even at dinner, right? Uh, Stosh Chelik, uh, who did the Fiora update, right? It's like, people are like, oh, it's a gimmick. It's a minigame. But it's also, like, pfft. It's interesting, right? right? It's like I think about fighting my opponent in ways that I've never done in melee space rather than just hit each other. And I think right. I think what you're talking about, the Q, does that. Right. right. I mean, the Q and the W are different positional games or, or timing games that you have to be mindful of. And we've collectively tried to up our melee design game, right? I think, like, Stosh made Fiora, and that's, or remade Fiora, I should say. That's yeah. a good example of, like, a really interesting melee character where she used to just be, like, click on you and hopefully my stats win, right? Yeah. Uh, and we've leveled up our game here, right? Like, New Darius, Poppy, Scion. Like, these characters are really, they have really interesting melee patterns, and uh, and we couldn't deliver this character unless we, we added to that, right? Mm -hmm. That was very important from the start. All right. So, um... I want to also uh, hit on something, which is, you know, going back to kind of the beginning where we talked about uh, hook shots, right? And we talked about kind of access, like, you know, like like divers, you know, they get on you, they dunk on you, right? Uh, this ultimate is a hell of an ability. Uh, and it, it took you a while to find it. Um, tell me a little bit, like, how, when did you know that this was the one? Like, th that you had kind of landed on something that you're... Because, and, and I yeah. just want to premise uh, or preface it a little bit that, like, you know, when we landed on Visalt, it, it was not a fun day for some people, right? Because yeah. it's like... But, but we were also committed to the idea that we're going to make a character who's going to kill you, right? Like, mm -hmm. they have to do the kill move at some point. And so I know it can be hard when you get feedback. You're like, that's bullshit or that's not balanced, right? Like... Tell me about that moment for you with with this ultimate. So this this ultimate was very hard to arrive at for sure. Um, and where you know a lot of my game design background was on live, and a lot of what I like about our game is often at the, like the professional level where it's like a very back and forth like game of I know what you're going to do and you know what I'm going to do and let's see who wins, right? So to me it was an important thing to make an ability that was interesting and powerful for Camille, but also had a lot of things that the opponent could think like to, to do about it, like as in response. And this and, just real quick for anyone if, if you haven't seen her in game yet, right, this is the uh this is the skewer, right? The it, Hextech it, Ultimatum. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh that's that's <laughs> what it's called now. Yeah. So so what you you jump onto a target, it it kind of spikes them into the ground and then creates a zone upon which they cannot leave for yeah. any 
any purpose. Right. They're not they're they're not flashing, they're not taking a thresh lantern. You actually like disable their flash or, or you or you refund it to them through some black magic. Right. right? I just like, make you you don't cast flash if it would be totally wasted. But yeah. like, you know, if you try to like Ezreal E to the corner, you're just gonna end up in the corner and not go anywhere. Yeah. And to me, um this was one of those there's a lot of things that we were were thinking about for Camille. One of them was uh, mobility creep in league had you know has has been a thing for a while, right? And we've been trying to pare down some of that, and we have a few different implementations for making mobility not nearly as powerful, right? So we have like grounding on Cassio Miasma, which has some cool like zoning effects, but can be frustrating because you don't get access to your spells. Or Poppy W, which I think is a really cool spell because it has timing and playmaking, but also can be, again, frustrating because it's like, well, I don't get access to my mobility tool. Mm -hmm. So for me, the effort for the like Camille's ult was finding a way to answer mobile targets without saying you don't get your toys at all. And without punishing immobile carries at the same time, yeah, right. You, you you have to use your toys in a different way, right? Right. But if if your goal is just to get far away from me, that that won't work, right? That specific like I can kite you infinitely thing that like Lucian loves to do to most melee characters, yeah. can't do that to Camille, right? You have to outmaneuver her. You have to like maybe dash through her W or like come to the other side when she's using Q and stuff like that. Here. This is so so. Jeevan is a very uh, proud Vayne player. So of course you made a diver that can outplay every carry but Vayne. Yeah, Vayne's probably the only <laughs> carry that could, you could so just for, tumble around forever so for, in the for, circle. For one, you could tumble around the circle, and two, uh, if you can push her out of the ult, it ends. So Tristana, oh, Tristana wow. and Vayne are actually pretty good at fighting. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you just learned but, it here. The yeah. hard counter is Tristana and Vayne. Yeah. Tristana, Tristana is a hard counter, I think. But Vayne buffs. You say something? Oh yeah, I remember um, back when we were developing it, we were talking about this character of like, oh, it's like. James Bond and the Terminator in one. So it's got like the brain of James Bond and the body of Terminator. <laughs> and I think she even literally had an ult that like turned you into Terminator. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah you so, like ignored like a ton of damage or something. Yeah, it was basically like you would go to zero and then like all of a sudden you would like start regen. You would get like some like 300% health regeneration yeah. and then you like you could like slowly walk to targets. So it's like the whole like T2 where. You know, you got like a shotgun blast in the face, and like it hits your in chest. Yeah, yeah. And you're like blown dun, apart, dun, 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 but you're slowly dun, dun, just dun, like building yourself just, back yeah. up, and you're still just coming after a target. Right, like when you died, if you had your ult up, you didn't die, and you couldn't really like do any attacks. You could kind of move. Also, the old placeholder model we had was Aurelia, and I just like spammed her taunt animation where she has her blades flying around. Oh, okay, and so she was kind of like coming up. And your team was like pouring damage. You're like, keep her down because she's going to come back up and murder this carry. Um, the gameplay on that was rough, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really cool moment. And well, it, yeah. It got the type of like playtest reaction where it's like a very, this is like a, a sign of a good ability and a bad ability where everyone is screaming, like, what the hell is going on? And there's a reaction. Like, people notice, right? It, it was a rough reaction. Yeah, but. we had some ideas of like, oh, it could be cool if like, you're, you had, like, this normal voice, and all of a sudden, like, when you broke down, you got, like, this super robotic voice, and you're, like, going from, like... Yeah, you're, you're like, afraid and, and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, basically, you're a blasted to just machine, and the machine was, like, slowly trying to rebuild a human, you're, like, going from the super robot voice to a human. And, yeah. yeah, I yeah. love... Mecha, Mecha Scion has some of that, where sometimes, like, when he's, like, heavily damaged, or I think in his passive, he, like, starts glitching when he tries to speak because he, he just his like mouth processor isn't functioning which mm. is super cool so uh so, so we're almost at a time here so i'm gonna kind of wind things down a little bit i kind of want to uh get you guys to we're, we're gonna do a little bit of reflection i know we've been doing that uh the <laughs> whole time uh but i want to ask you guys a couple uh or, or one question each uh here uh and so ariel i'm gonna go to you and i want i want to know in your mind what 
what like voice line do you think sell like like which is your favorite? What do you think really sells the character in your mind? Oh my goodness. I know. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. You know, that's hard because I think I had the most fun writing her on kill lines. Um instead of um a lot of champs in the past, I guess, have had a lot of varying lines on by, um, lots of taunt lines and stuff. For Camille, we kind of put our money in the um, on kill and on attack lines. Uh, yeah. So she has a lot of individualized lines for people she would match up against a lot. And uh, just in terms of like who they are in the game and who they are in our IP, um, it's very satisfying when you kill somebody and she has this kind of just snarky cold line um and then you just walk away with a hip sway and yeah. their carcass is on the well, floor well so 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 give me one of those tell me like what was one of those that was really fun for you to make i you, you don't as oh like the best one or something but you know i want to know give, give us a taste of 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 some of that I, I don't know i think like when she kills ezreal i think she says like next time take the map um <laughs> yeah. <or> like, <laughs> no! Oh my yeah, god. And, like um she's got one for it? Echo, right? Uh, Echo was like um uh Hourglass Kid was Sundial Brat taken and like um <laughs> I think for uh Caitlin it was like um less hat, more pants. Um, yeah. yeah like, oh my god. That one was my yeah. favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh wow, that uh next time take the map. That's that's awesome. Joe Joe Lansford, uh Manual Facts Boss, famous Ezreal hater is gonna love that yeah. line. Uh, and then, okay, so so going to you, Hing, um, what was, uh, like, I, I want to know about a time when someone had, like, a reaction to, 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 to your iterations on Camille that you felt like were, were kind of like, that's when you were getting somewhere, right? Like, like, was there a moment when you showed it to someone that they were like, holy shit, this is, this is really getting somewhere? Yeah, I think, like, uh, around the time I started adding color to the color to the concept was actually when I got like a lot more uh got a lot, a lot more like buy-in from it um I typically do things in like black and white and grayscale. that's normally how the the process works so when you added all the pink floral that's when yeah. that's <laughs> when everyone was like we, we're going forward with it. yeah, that's, yeah. that's the perfect concept like when you actually saw like the sort of like the like the blue of her outfit and all like the the gold trim on the sides and like the uh like the blue teal turquoise like spinning hex tech energy like on her, on her hips and in her in her chest like that's i think that's when like uh i definitely started getting like the sense of like okay like people are are more on board with this yeah she's, she's feeling more neat she's feeling more uniformed I, I think there's actually a concept right before that the the, the praying mantis one there was this, oh yeah, yeah, yeah there was this one was the first time the blade legs kind of showed up and we weren't quite sure what the weapon was going to be and then like hang did this one and it was a very she almost had this like puritan vibe um in the headdress but it was very austere and like just cold as fuck and like um, oh yeah i love that one and mm. and I we, we, get it. We, that, that we, one did not fly we the drifted crew, we drifted but always i came back i was like this there's something about this and actually the the thing that became her color text the thing that goes after the bio that mm -hmm. like day in the life or whatever of the champion um it i wrote that after the the weekend after hang did that drawing of the praying mantis because i was like those blade legs are super sweet um and i was like this is a killer and i yeah. think we ultimately got to a more refined piltover version of that but that the praying mantis one was yeah was fucking was, awesome. <laughs> i almost hate to talk about that one because i really like that one it's, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. it had like this like uh yeah I, i'm always a big fan of like combining kind of ideas together that seem to makes sense in like a new context so it's like the idea of like it was supposed to be this uh like more puritanical like 
somebody who's like very pure, stripped down, like very like uh no frills but then you combine it with like i have a cyborg body and now you have this like <laughs> extremely dangerous uh also very stripped down very utilitarian kind of combination of the two and i was like oh man these ideas work really well together uh it also turned out it was a little too crazy um <laughs> well i, I and, mean it, clearly it inspired uh some 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 uh yeah. person to make some good good group good work yeah. on the character jeevan uh to kind of close this out here uh i want to know um, what was some of your funniest or strong strongest worded uh, feedback that you've had to you during this process? Because uh, I know sometimes designers are not the nicest individuals when they have been rolled on in a playtest. Like, right. what, what was there anything that kind of stood out to you? Uh, well, so it's almost unfair to pick some of the earlier iterations because those are so raw. They have so little visual like support. You're just like like playing with a, uh, a a piece of a kit when you're trying mm. to test something. So, you know, people would be like, well, like you've just refined the stat check and this is just like the least <laughs> interesting um, encounter I've had. So I think the the more interesting example is one where we basically already locked the kit and we yeah. were like, we, we want to do this. And um, there was a lot of pushback on the ults, let's say, in, mm. in various forms. Um, one of them was like, I think you're making among the most like toxic experiences in League of Legends with this ultimate um, and that, like, you know, I, I just, like, took my hands off the keyboard when I when I got ulted by it, which I can understand. Like, the first few times, and that's going to happen, players, by the way, if you play against this, the first few times you're going to be like, what was I going to do? Yeah, it's just um, alt-tab. Yeah, yeah right. But, I mean, yeah. Just open it's up almost, shop. Yeah. Get ready for the next buy. Just get, get advanced for <laughs> my, the buy. My favorite yeah. thing is I just, I just start recalling. When when like four people oh, come, when four people come for me and I know I'm dead I just start spamming recall so even as I'm going down yeah. it's just like the beam try to I, try to get me up I usually say that in all chat I'm like I got the recall animation off before you killed me so like you guys probably <laughs> should have done better yeah right? just th thanks for the shot <laughs> yeah you know thanks that's I um, wanted to buy my items Camille thank you yeah but I, I would yeah it would definitely be anything and everything about the that ultimate is going to uh, tilt people well actually that's not true I mean. People do ask me, like, what, in fact, this was asked last week on, on a champ team yeah. review, is, like, what the hell is the cooldown on that E and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I'm like, there's... I'm like, it's, you know, when you have CDR, it's about six seconds. They're like, well, what the fuck were you smoking, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... And then it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I would ask all of them to think about the crazy things CDR does to our game concerning mobility, because we have a lot of ridiculous You cases. are right. Especially Vi. Vi's is, like, five seconds. What do you want? All right. Anyways, yeah. look. Uh, I'm sure all of you guys uh, will now have a ton of time to be able to play Camille and you know uh, if you love it if you hate it if you love it and hate it you know we, we'd love to hear it and if you loved and or hated this podcast we'd also love to hear that as well so thanks to uh, Jeevan, Ariel, and Hing for coming and hanging out with me and talking about the uh, what, what's her title? I don't know her title The Steel Shadow the, What? Alright that's the coolest shit I've ever heard Pretty cool. The Steel Shadow the, uh, the the unseen Steel Shadow is the deadliest Yeah. Um, uh, so so thanks uh, you guys for coming to talk uh, with us about that uh, for all of you out there listening you know go ahead leave some comments leave some feedback about the champion about the episode stuff you like stuff you didn't like share it to your grandma share it to all your best friends share it to your best friend's grandma uh, and definitely uh, if any time that uh, that you get killed by this uh, and you're really really mad just remember uh, <laughs> Jeevan did this to you personally uh, yeah. my Twitter is Riot Jag Regale me with stories of how bullshit this character is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, he feasts on your tears. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us. We will see you guys next time with, I believe, a champion update. Don't quote me on that. Maybe, maybe not. 
Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys in the next podcast. Later.